Hey, this is Spencer, and I'm jumping into the next Exit Podcast before the episode with a brief announcement. This is the first of the regular schedule for the podcast, so we will be there on uh, by Wednesday morning. So when you are sick and tired of the 9 to 5 and you need us, we'll be there for you. So Look for us on all the regular places for podcasts. We're in Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and subscribe. So here's the show. Hello, this is Spencer Lewis, and this is Next Exit Episode 3. And today our our career switcher is an administrative assistant turned police officer in Alana Stanziano. Thanks. Thanks for joining me, Alana. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me. So uh, why don't we start with you telling me a little bit about yourself so we can get some flavor about who you are. Okay. Um, I was basically born and raised in Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. It's a suburb right outside of Philadelphia. And I mean, right outside of Northeast Philadelphia. I went to all the Ben Salem schools, including Ben Salem High School. And then I went to Bucks Community College, transferred to Gwinnett Mercy College, and got a degree, a Bachelor of Science in Sociology. And I guess other than that, I'm 38, almost 39 years old, and I have a husband and a daughter and three cats. Excellent, excellent. So it's funny, I used to work at the uh, Franklin Mills Mall. Me too. (laughs) Really? Yes, I did. I worked at Levi's Outlet. Oh, wow. And I I used to, you know. Go to Levi's Outlet. Yeah, and I also worked at Claire's, and some of the most interesting customers I ever had was when I worked at Levi's, Uh, and that mall in general. Oh, yeah. I used to have, um, uh, I used to work at the Electronics Boutique. Yes. Um, And I just remember when the, um, I don't know if they still do it, but tour buses would drop off, (laughs) and it was just like, all hell would break loose. I hated Christmas season because they'd be like, they, I remember, I don't know if you remember, they would give us the schedules with how many buses would be coming in per day. It was way too much. I do not miss working there (laughs) at all. So, all right. So before you became a police officer, you were administrative assistant. How Mm -hmm. long were you uh, an admin? So I graduated college around 2005 and my first non-retail job was probably 2005, 2006. And I started as an administrator and then through the years I worked up into a coordinator and then I ended up at my final job before I became a police officer in a data warehouse uh, supporting analysts. Okay, and so did you enjoy your career? Or did you even consider it a career? I didn't. I kind of originally got into administrative assistant because I figured I know Microsoft Word, I can type, and it was a good foot in the door with a somewhat decent salary for a recent graduate. Gotcha. And so what was that moment? What was that thing that made you um, that made you know that you, you had to leave or it was your time to leave? <laughs> it's funny because they sent me at my, my last job before I was an officer, they sent us to a kind of team building, find out what type of personality you are to work with other people, better type of thing. And the guy was just talking about careers and what you want to do and it was so odd that of all the places that is where it clicked like i I can't do this anymore (laughs) i 
I, I'm going to try to see if I can do the police officer thing. It was like a very just quick, like, I can't do this. Why police officer? Like, what? I mean. So when I started at Bucks, I was a business administrative major. Okay. Um, did super duper bad in it. I did not like it, but I thought this would be a good thing to do. Um, and then one day talking to my dad, he said, well, why don't you try criminal justice? And for some reason I went, okay. And I switched my major and it kind of just clicked. Gotcha. Like it kind of really interested me. I understood things, which in some of the business classes I didn't. Gotcha. Um, well that's, and it's, it's always really weird, right? Because when you go to college, it's like you're supposed to decide at that moment, yep. like what you're going to do with the rest of your life. Uh-huh. And you're like, <clears throat> I was 17 when I started college. What the hell did I know? I know, I know. The rest of my life. I still don't know the answer to that question. So, <laughs> um, so at that point in time, so you made that decision. Did you struggle at all with the decision itself? Did you have any people push back on like, why are you doing this? Or, um, or, or did you feel like you were fully supported in that, um, that, that step? I don't know if supported, I wouldn't use the word supported, but my family didn't seem to go, why are you doing this? Or, you know, oh, but your safety, it was kind of a, oh, okay, you're going to do this. Okay. It wasn't like a sarcastic okay or anything. It just went, okay, you're going to change your career. And you were interested in this at one point. So not, I guess it wasn't a total surprise. Mm -hmm. Maybe the quickness of how fast I decided to go for it was, but what I was going into, I don't think was much of a surprise. What do you mean by the quickness of how fast? So, I mean, the fact that it was like almost like an overnight. Right. Like I kind of, I, if I remember it was one of those, I can't do this anymore. I talked to my husband about it. I started looking into Temple's program. I started looking at Montgomery's program. Who has a part-time program so I can still work? Like, I mean, I started really going for it, uh, you know, essentially, because I knew I couldn't go to the police academy full time. But if I could some way work and then go to the academy at night, perfect. So why couldn't you go to the police academy full time? I needed a job. I mean, at this point, we were in the house that we're sitting in now. Mm -hmm. And we were getting really like established with our home and everything. So what does it take to... um to be a police officer like what like what kind of training did you have to go through to to become a police officer so I went to Montgomery Police Academy um, which is actually run through Montgomery County Community College gotcha and um, I registered you have to do some initial testing to get in like a a psych evaluation I had to uh, I think provide a physical things like that Uh, physical agility so you have to run uh, bench a certain amount of your body weight and things like that. And then once you're in the academy, it's a lot of um, lecturing, test test taking, and then some practical hands-on things as well. Gotcha. Um, and going back to your, the you, you said family was worried about your safety. Because obviously, I mean, mm-hmm. this is a, um, if you were to go walk up to any random person and you ask them to picture... Uh, a a police officer they're probably going to picture some burly guy that was in the military right <laughs> sure. I have a friend of mine that is a designer and he looks he he's always getting the military discount because he just looks like 
And so, and I remember a few months ago, a friend of mine had posted on on Facebook that she, um, uh, it was back when they were talking about women serving in the military. And yeah. she's like, I don't want this. I don't want my daughter to have to 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 serve. And I'm sure, like, you know, she that's how she felt about her daughter. So, did you get that kind of pushback, like? On, on I got the obvious concerns of safety, right? But I never got the I don't want you doing this. And on my dad's side, I do have family members that are law enforcement in Philadelphia. I'm mm-hmm. not sure how many are retired versus still working, but I think that's why it wasn't a complete surprise, and I didn't get any real pushback. And I also think part of it was my age. I was already out on my own, right. married, and. It, I guess it was on me, my decision to make the change. It's the, that's really cool, right? Because if you think about, like, can you imagine if you were making that decision in, like, 1950? <laughs> like, what that would have been like? I would have been wearing a skirt, probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And as far as what people tend to think of when they think of an officer, like, there's been times where I was getting something out of my car at work, and I hear, excuse me, sir, or hi, sir, and I turn around, oh, ma'am, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> there's definitely an expectation of of that. So when you um, when you were going through uh, the process, what kind of struggles did you, did you have um, becoming, or challenges did you have to face during the process of becoming a police officer? The schedule, because I would work from about 7.30 to 4.30, and then I would go to school from... Uh, like f- I would leave at 4.30 on the dot as close as I could. And then I'd be at school sometimes till 10 o'clock at night. So that was a struggle because, you know, I didn't really get to see my husband a whole time. Um, I was tired a lot. I was very stressed because then within the academy, um, the testing is strict as far as what a passing grade is and how many times you can fail. And, I'm not a great test taker. So for me, that was an added stress on top of the stress I already had. The physical agility stuff never really bothered me because I knew going into it about it. So I started running and doing all that stuff, like getting ready for the, but the mental part of it, I think that was my biggest obstacle. Were you athletic uh, in high school? (laughs) No, no. I, I was in concert band and choir (laughs) and, um, and then um, I actually, I, w- I did one year of marching band, and then I think 10th grade was my final year of um, band, and then I did some voice lessons and stuff like that. So I was never really athletically inclined. And then I did jujitsu for a while, for like four years. Okay. But up until that point, I would never, I think I tried out for track once in eighth grade, and I did awful. <laughs> um, so I'm not really an athletic person, but going into the academy i knew this is what i needed to achieve so i started gotcha. and the jujitsu helped too because that's i did that before this so i was starting to get in shape with that and then this kind of helped push me into that i got you um and what was it about what's what was it specifically about be, being a police officer that attracted you to the position initially it was the like i said something just clicked like when mm-hmm. i sat in class I got it. I was genuinely interested. Even um, some of the more law-related classes, I still kind of was actually paying attention and um, knowing, like, some of the things you deal with interested me as well. It just, it, like I said, it just oddly clicked with me. Got you. (laughs) So, um, 
how many and how many years ago did you decide uh, how many years ago did you decide to make the change or, or switch careers so it'll be about three and a half years since i i think became an officer and then the academy was 10 months prior so honestly it was it was quick it was right before i went in the academy maybe only a few months and how long and so so like like maybe four years um since then so and how long were you in your career prior to that? My the job I had before I was an officer, I was at for about six years. Okay. So once you became um, once you became a police officer, mm-hmm. or so I know you had one big uh, like change that came along the yeah. way while you were becoming a, a police officer. Why don't you tell us about that? So I started my job and. In 2014, I was just coming off my field training, and I was on my own for about two months, and I got pregnant. Okay. (laughs) So um, I told my chief basically as soon as I knew for a fact because I was getting the symptoms, like I was getting tired beyond like just... Gotcha. um, And I knew that wasn't safe. It's not safe for me. It's not safe for any of the guys I work with. Or I should say guys and girls I was working with, it's not fair to put everybody right. in danger. Because you're protecting. Right. Right. So um, at like a month and a half pregnant, my chief knew. And we talked about it. And we both agreed it's it probably wasn't a good time for me. Because you were training at this point, right? Or, or had I, you just I had, finished your... I had just finished my field training, which meant uh, my field training officer who was training me and riding with me, I was officially on my own at that point. Okay. For about two to three months before I got, and then I got pregnant. Okay. And so one of the challenges that I have to assume you, it, and I'm assuming at this point, mm-hmm. you can tell me or correct me, but you're in a, um, in a field, a career that is, <clears throat> has been primarily um, uh, a male-dominated career. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the processes are, um, that have been determined are the decision makers are, are males. And so I have to assume that there was a challenge in just even that, like um, in just being a woman and being pregnant at this point in time, because <laughs> sure. the the processes didn't really kind of really fully understand that. There were some, I mean, um the department I work for was really great as far as working with me. Um, I was able to do some things administratively. Gotcha. Um, and as far as, you know, and they said that they've never had to deal with this I, with yeah. a female. Um, it's also very small. It's a small department, too. So um, there were definitely, I would say, mini challenges, but nothing that we couldn't figure out and work with. So during the time I was pregnant, I actually was very comfortable and I didn't need to worry about the ifs and ands. Now, if I was a full-time officer, I'm sure it'd be a little bit more different because then there's insurance and things like gotcha. that. But as a part-time officer, um, I didn't feel like we really needed to work anything out or have any super-duper difficulties. And you're are you a, a full-time officer now? No, I'm not. I'm a part-time officer. And so as a, a part-time officer... Mm-hmm. Uh, do you, are you covered by their, the benefits and, um, or do you, 
No, I am not. So I assume that that's it's funny because like one of the things that I've been finding through people I've talked to and yet to talk to about this is health insurance is always the biggest like one of the biggest questions Mm -hmm. when they come into this. And so um, I assume right now you're on your your husband's policy. Okay, And I assume like that was going into this. Was that a question about like what were you going to do or just automatically? I think. I was already on his because (laughs) mine was not as good for lack of better words, or there was just things about mine that made it more, it made more sense to go on his than stay on mine. So even when I was still at my previous job, I was already on his at one point. Gotcha. But Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's probably fair to say that, um, that is, that's a question that, um, say you weren't, uh, if somebody wasn't married, sure. that you would have to consider um, yeah. as an obstacle or how. I mean, and it just, like I said, everybody I've talked to um, about this uh, that has switched careers, it's like one, it, I think the, the primary, the big question is like things that I might have to do without or things I might have to change yeah. about my life or things I might have to adjust. And that seems to be the one thing that seems to come up um, for everybody. You, It's... It's weird because you shouldn't have to think about that, <laughs> yeah. but you, you really do. Health insurance. And then the big one is also, you know, money. Can yeah. I financially support myself? Can I financially support the career I'm going into? Can I pay for, example, the academy? For me, I lucked out. I had a job. They had a part-time program. So I was able to pay my for my schooling. Right. Um, I didn't have to worry about insurance because I had already tr- transitioned to my husband's. You know, not everyone's that lucky, right? But they want to do the change. But yeah, these are all things you don't think. You think I'm going to oh. do this. I'm going to change my career. But then, oh, do I have health insurance? Or yeah, that's one of those things. Like we, I, I will talk about this in in many different ways. But like when you mm-hmm. when you're deciding to make this change, right? So let's say you decide at 21 you're going to become a police officer. You don't have a lot of things that you've decided on at, at that point in time. You haven't bought a house. Maybe you haven't had, you, uh, you probably don't have kids. Mm-hmm. You might, but you probably don't. You don't You have, have as much debt as maybe you would have if you decide to make a change at 35 or 41. And so then, like, you're making a change a few years down the line. You also have to consider these things that you decided on when you weren't thinking about. Like, at, at, at 21, if you said, you know, it... Ten years, I'm. I might be broke if I buy this car. Yeah. <laughs> maybe you don't buy that car, or maybe you don't invest in that house. So it's always interesting how people adjust to the real life mm-hmm. circumstances of something that they they feel they need to do. So, um, so once you became a, a police officer, did you have like a, like goals that you set for yourself? Um, things that you um, that you planned on, and how how are you on achieving those types of goals if you have them? Do you mean like do I plan on being a part time officer forever? Do I plan on working my way up, or think, do you mean goals to like what type of goals after becoming a police I officer? I think um, going into it, did you? I mean, like did, um, I so you started. Uh, I mean, part time to full time might be one of those oh, things. Sure. But okay. I mean, do you see yourself? I mean, it could be whatever goals you set for yourself. So, for instance, you could see yourself as police chief one day. I mean, <laughs> no. Thanks. 
so okay, that makes sense. So originally when I did it, my my goal was to go from part time to full time. Okay. Um, I was very lucky that. I was able to get a position part-time basically right out of the academy. Um, I was finished the academy in June or July. It was the summer. And then I was starting at where I'm at now in September. We started, um, I think the process start for hiring started in August. But I think my day one physically there was in September. Um, so originally, yeah, one of my goals was at some point I'll go full-time. Okay. And then I had a kid. Then you had a kid. <laughs> and as of now, I'm part-time. I actually get a decent amount of hours. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now, I'm okay being part-time. I like that I have days where I can come home and, you know, take my daughter out of school a little bit earlier. And, right. you know, I like that I can get stuff done on a day off during the weekday so that we can just my family can just enjoy the weekend and we don't have to do any house stuff on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that I have that flexibility right now and my husband seems to like that too and the fact that we can do it, I have, it sounds so bad, that I have no desire right now right. to pursue full-time or a different type of position within law enforcement. And I, I think one of the reasons why I, I ask mm-hmm. is, um, so we're going to have people that are listening to to the podcast sure. that are, they're not going to become a police officer, but they, um, they, they're thinking about changing careers. So what types of goals that, you know, um, you set for yourself or, or even adjusting to, to, um, adjusting goals as you move forward, just getting a sense of those things might help somebody. And maybe we do find somebody that wants mm-hmm. to become a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, so why don't you give me a myth? <laughs> about um, uh, about being a police officer, something that you would love to dispel? I think it's a common one when you get this type of question. And, you know, I'm just going to, it's one of the easiest ones to answer is you get, um, you can say it's not like TV. <laughs> um, people don't realize the amount of time that can pass between the event and then when, say, you have to go to court. Uh, people don't realize the amount of paperwork that happens after incidents. Hold on a second. Are you telling me that it's not like CSI Miami where <laughs> you get the crime and you find the criminal and you get an admission of guilt and court in the same day? It's exactly like that. No, it's not like that at all. Um, I mean, there's been things where I've dealt with, you know, it can go into a week, two weeks. And then, you know, for me as a part-time officer, you know, following up has to be, I have to be a little more aggressive and careful with it because there might be a day where I'm not there. So I need to like make sure it gets followed up on. But yeah, I mean, the amount of paperwork that you do is pretty good because you have to write down incidents as they happen or write a report. And I don't think people, it's, and there's the other thing is it's not always every day action packs, something right. happening. I mean, I'm in a small borough, so there's days where I can catch up on my reports because I'm not getting any calls. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. And so what have you taken into, I think, well, what have you taken into um, your being a police officer from your previous career? Like, what are those skills that you... I would say I have to thank many years of being an administrative assistant 
And it's amazing. <laughs> it is because honestly, because of the amount of paperwork and people that you're dealing with and things like that, especially um, depending on where you work, you do need to be a little bit organized and you do need to kind of keep track of things. Um, and while there's not per se deadlines, like in the corporate world, there are things that need to be done in a timely manner because these are people you're dealing with. I also want to give a big shout out to retail because like, like working at Franklin Mills, some of the people I dealt with at Franklin Mills, oh my goodness, I've never encountered outside of that type of environment. And I think having a job like that food service or retail, um, helps you communicate with people. It's really interesting that you say that because it's so often in life I'm <laughs> I'm running into people that have jobs that they have to deal with people and I wonder myself, why do you have this job? You're obviously you obviously sure. suck at this. Oh. Like you don't like talking to people. Why do you mm-hmm. why do you have this job? And I guess maybe there's probably people that go into it not thinking about the fact that they have to relate the uh relate the I people. think people forget about that that you have to deal with people and I'm not always the best dealing with people outside of my job, like trying to initiate conversation and mm-hmm. talk to people, but I understand it's part of my job. So I, when I'm at work, you know, you do right. that, but yeah, like there was people at my college when I went to Gwynedd, Gwynedd's a, a big nursing school that they, they would tell me they were going for nursing and I went, Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, but, um, I definitely think any type of job, like retail or anything where you have to deal with the public, food service, retail, being an administrative assistant because people come to you because right. they can't go right to your boss. Anything like that, I think I think that really helps. I also think that um, for me, um, I one of the things that I always view is I have, like I, I, I started in retail also, like out of mm-hmm. college, it was retail management was the easiest thing to get at that time. And I just remember, like, even now, I just view, like, even when I don't have a customer, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have many different types of customers, right? So if I'm in a, um, if I'm uh, in a kind of white collar job, and I'm dealing with my customers. So in my previous life, I would deal with managing customers. So I have a, a pretty obvious customer. Sure. But internally, I have customers, too. I have to be able mm-hmm. to, to deal with them and be able to um, serve their interests. And so just viewing your relationships with people is like, I, I have, they're my customer. They always, I have to go into this relationship as my job is they're my customer. It just feels to help me mm-hmm. kind of understand that, okay, I have to help these people too, you know? Yeah. And I think when you're dealing with people, it you have to also realize, and I think retail helps you really good <laughs> with this, is not everyone's the same. A, you can ring up the same thing five times in a row and every customer will be different. Be it nice, mean, mm-hmm. just flat out, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't, I need to get my manager, you know. And I think that's another thing to keep in mind too is that with this job, it, you are dealing a lot with people. Okay, so you're pretty much four years into having made this this change. Mm-hmm. Um, what recommendations would you have for someone thinking about changing their career as drastically as you have? Do it. I mm-hmm. I don't regret what I did. I don't regret leaving a cushy job where I had four weeks vacation and everything like that. Um, 
I loved the people I worked with. I loved the perks of my job, but I didn't love my job. Um, if you can do it, find a way financially, see, just really do it. And if you have a support system, I was lucky enough that I had a really good support system being my husband, you know, that makes it even easier. Oh, excellent. Well, <laughs> well, thank you for, uh, mm -hmm. for spending time with me today and uh, good luck with everything else. Thank you. And thanks for having me. No problem. All right. There we go. That was third episode under my belt. And uh, if you have any comments, uh, by all means, shoot me an email at nextexit at marketinghead.com. And uh, we should have some uh, new places for you to find us coming uh, coming soon. You can find us on, on Twitter at nextexitpod. Uh, you can follow me directly at I am Spencer. And by all means, if you have any comments uh, or complaints or praise, praise is good, praise is always good, please, by all means, send me a, a quick note. Talk to you soon, and we'll be in your feeds, as this is a weekly podcast, next Wednesday.